Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. As a constitutional law attorney, former senior legal advisor and personal counsel to President Donald J. Trump, Jenna Ellis believes in the rule of law and the importance of integrity in our elections. And she's ready to tackle the big cultural and legal issues facing America. This is The Jenna Ellis Show. Here is your host, Jenna Ellis. Happy Thursday, friends, and welcome to another episode of The Jenna Ellis Show. I'm so excited for today's show because I have joining me in mere moments, Congressman Thomas Massey, who is one of my favorite people in D.C. He has been standing up fighting for freedom and liberty, and I talked uh, about his lawsuit that is going to be argued later today in the D.C. Circuit, Uh, went through the legal details of that in my show earlier this week. If you missed that, definitely, definitely listen to that. But I'm going to ask him about his take on the lawsuit, why he's fighting this fight, and also more broadly uh, about the mandates that are coming from the Biden administration and all of these petty tyrants. So uh, we're going to have a great conversation today. And before we get to that, Let's talk about my friends at Legacy Precious Metals. They are the company that I trust for investing in gold. The Biden administration has caused a financial crisis and they have no clue how to fix it. I don't even think they care. Oil prices have skyrocketed and when oil prices go up, not only do your expenses go up, but the cost of transportation and shipping spikes leading to the price of goods to rise. We're already seeing record inflation and this is the last thing that we need. So no matter what happens, gold is one of the best ways to protect your retirement because you own your gold. It's real, it's physical, and it's always been valuable. So Legacy Precious Metals is the go-to company I trust for investing in gold. They can help you roll your retirement account into a gold-backed IRA where you still own the physical gold. Their consultants are on are standing by to talk with you about your particular situation. So call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-528-1903 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. And joining me now is one of my absolute favorite people in Congress and all of D.C., which in full disclosure, because the swamp is so deep, that makes him like top of maybe five people. But it is super impressive, I promise. My good friend, uh, Representative Thomas Massey from uh, Kentucky's 4th District, co-chair of the Second Amendment Caucus, and has the brilliant hashtag Sassy with Massey. You absolutely have to follow him on all platforms, but especially Twitter at Rep. Thomas Massey. That's M-A-S-S-I-E. Congressman, welcome to the program. So great to talk to you and so great to run into you in D.C. yesterday as well. Yeah, it was so weird. I was walking down the street with Representative Alex Mooney, and I saw this blonde woman, and I thought, wow, that's Jenna Ellis's doppelganger. And I took a double take, and it was you. So great to see you in D.C. We should probably disclose that I was your boss for three hours. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was, it was actually the best three hours of 
uh, an internship on the Hill and, and my experience on the Hill was fantastic. So it didn't actually involve anything in the Capitol building, but that's right. okay. So, you know, glad, glad we have that disclosure. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were yeah, for the people who don't know what we're talking about, I was having an office party and Jenna showed up and it was for staff only. So I made her honorary intern for a couple hours while we went to uh, T Coast, Tortilla Coast, right next to the Capitol. And she had staff uh, retreat dinner with us. It was fantastic. And staff privileges for Congressman Massey on my resume is how I've done everything else in DC. So anyone listening to this, the three hour internship with Representative Massey's office, <laughs> you gotta do it. It's, it's great, it'll lead you everywhere. So, it was great. Thank you for, for having me. Uh, that was such a great time. It seems like forever ago. And so much has happened since then, um, Congressman. And you have been prolific in fighting the good fight. And I want to get into your lawsuit where arguments um, are actually occurring today. But first, uh, I wanted to get your reaction as well to the Dobbs case. Of course, this is uh, probably the biggest news for conservatives. And I listened to the argument yesterday, Anna, what was your impression uh, from the court and of this case in general? Well, uh, last night I went to a reception with uh, Alliance for Defending Freedom, ADF, which is a group that's been fighting this battle for uh, almost as long as Roe v. Wade has existed, I think. And they fight a lot of other uh, freedom battles, religious battles, conscience battles. And uh, the excitement there was palpable. Uh, people who are you know, better versed in law and uh, the precedents, the court cases on this, were very excited by what they heard from the judges and the questions that were asked, and particularly the solicitor general who uh, made the arguments did a great job and um, we're all just praying for a good outcome for justice. And, um, you know, that's the hope. Now, let me also say, if this doesn't turn out well, we need to go back and, and um, look at the people who nominate, who like suggested these judges, because we were, you know, we were promised things would be different. So I'm hopeful that they, they will turn out well for us. If not, we got the wrong judges and we need to uh, take a hard look, not just at the judges, but the people who suggested them. Yeah, that's a very, very good point. And I think there's been some concern in that with a few other uh, outcomes of cases that weren't particularly um, originalist in view. Uh, the, the Bostock decision on Title VII uh, concerned a lot of people with uh, Justice Gorsuch, actually. And so, you know, the Federalist Society were, uh, those in the judiciary circles are, are, are definitely a little bit concerned in that. But I share your optimism on this, and um, hopefully it will be a win for the U.S. Constitution, not just that conservatives by definition should win all of our arguments all the time, but we're trying to conserve the rule of law and actually uh, do the constitutionally appropriate thing, which is um, also Congressman Massey, why you have filed this lawsuit, uh, Massey versus Pelosi, along with um, a few of your uh, co-members of Congress. And I covered this on my podcast on Tuesday, um, just my breakdown and, and thoughts about this case. I think it's actually brilliantly written. And um, so talk about this lawsuit and why this was so important for you to fight. 
Well, uh, yeah, let me go back to the genesis of the lawsuit. You know, there was a mask mandate in the House of Representatives enforced with uh, the threat of fines to be levied. And we complied. I'm almost embarrassed to tell you I complied, but I complied. Otherwise, you couldn't get recognized to speak on the floor of the House if you didn't have a mask on. So it was either comply or, or you are prevented from doing your job, much like the face, the, the problem that people face all across America. Their jobs are being threatened by this. So, um, but my compliance ended one day, and it ended abruptly, and it has ended forever, and I haven't complied since June, because in June, Nancy Pelosi announced, when the CDC announced that you didn't have to wear masks anymore, Nancy Pelosi announced that everybody in the House would still wear masks until everybody in the House was vaccinated. Just like tyrants are wont to do, she was rewarding compliance with more tyranny, and she was going to impose a vaccine mandate and use the mask mandate as the cudgel. Uh, and that's when I got with 10 of my colleagues and we went to the floor of the house during a vote series where the C-SPAN camera has panned out to show the well of the house. And we stood in the well of the house without masks and open defiance, not just avoidance, but open defiance of the mask mandate. And, and so many people have applauded you for that because you're right. And you actually tweeted this morning, tyrants always reward compliance with more tyranny, do not yes. comply with tyrants. And that's what the American people have been experiencing in every circle, not just Congress, is that the goalposts move and we're promised one thing. And then the petty tyrants just say, oh, well, wait a minute. No, now we're going to add this other layer. And by the way, the petty tyrants take their cues from the big tyrants. And the big tyrants are Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi. Okay. So that's why this case is important. If, they, if Nancy Pelosi can get away with it, on members of Congress, you can be darn sure this will happen to every American. Now, remember, this is back in June. Uh, there were no mandates. There weren't even the discussion of mandates. We still had, like, Joe Biden, you know, in, when he was running for president, said it wouldn't be appropriate. You had Jen Psaki saying they didn't have the power to do it. But I felt it was coming, and I felt we had to stop it. And so 10 of us went down there. We got fined which incidentally gave us standing. You know, you're, you're a lawyer, you're a legal scholar, you understand. Uh, you have to be harmed in order to bring a suit against the people who harmed you. And so once she fined us, we had standing to bring a lawsuit. But it got a little more interesting and our, our case became stronger when she extracted the fine. I had a lot of people say, well, just don't pay it. Well, I had no intention of paying it. So she reduced our salaries to extract the fines. This is where she screwed up legally and constitutionally. She, you know, the, the courts, here's, here's the, the tall hill that we have to climb, Jenna, in, in the courtroom today. The courts almost never get involved in internal disputes within a branch. You know, if you're being mistreated by the speaker, they say, well, elect a different speaker. All the tools you need to get justice are right there within your own branch. And so don't ask us to come in and intervene in your food fights. And 
So there have been a lot of court cases filed where congressmen feel like they were wronged by other congressmen or one party versus the other, and they usually get dismissed. But ours has not been dismissed because this isn't just a food fight. She violated the Constitution. The clear words of the Constitution were violated when she reduced our salaries. Let me explain why. In the base Constitution, it says that our salaries are set by law, which means a law has a very specific meaning. It's passed in the House, it's passed in the Senate, and it's signed by president. Uh, our salaries had already been set, and now she's changing them without the Senate's consent or signature of the president. Sounds almost like what they're doing with uh, all of these other mandates as well. She's just unilaterally acting as an executive and she's mandating something that's not actually law, kind of like how you always tweet about the, uh, the, federal, you know, the federal law uh, that is on signs in airports that actually really bothers me as well, that says it's a federal law that you have to mask when you go on an airplane. Well, that, as you like to tweet, that has never been a bill. It's never been debated. Um, you don't remember voting on it. And uh, so the, it does have a very specific meaning. Here's the other thing, if I could take just a small detour before we get back to the constitutional issues she has. The hypocrisy is just abundant here in the House. Nancy Pelosi uh, changed the rule so it doesn't apply to her when she's in the speaker's chair. We lived under a rule for six months that said if you wanted, even if you were speaking, you had to wear the mask. And that was voted on by the House of Representatives. Without a vote of the House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi changed the rule to say that if she's in the speaker's chair, she doesn't need a mask. And if she recognizes uh, me or one of my colleagues to speak, we, can, we may remove our mask. That was never voted on by Congress. But by the way, the, um, the court's not going to be sympathetic to that because they'll just say, look, if you don't like her as speaker, get a different speaker. So, so I just want to point out the hypocrisy of the situation. Also, when we leave the chamber, rules still can apply to us. Look, my colleagues are being punished for stuff they've done on Twitter, okay? She could Im impose the mask rule in our offices, uh, back home in our districts. That could have been imposed, but it's not because guess what? The cameras aren't there. She's... Mm compelling speech she just wants to send a message so that's another aspect of our lawsuit we're saying she's compelling us to send a message that we don't want to send by wearing the masks which would be a message of fear or a message of efficacy of the masks or appropriateness but let me get back to our strongest argument which is our salaries are supposed to be set by law and the 27th amendment which was ratified, it was the last amendment ratified to the Constitution. It was ratified in 1992, but it was proposed along with the Bill of Rights. It, but it was never ratified along with the first 10 Bill of Rights until 1992. And it says that uh, by law, our salaries cannot be changed without an intervening election. Now, the, the, what it means is, uh, a lot of people think, well, that's a real important thing to have in the Constitution. You wouldn't want members of Congress to be able to raise their own salaries 
without standing for it at the ballot box. But if you go read the, the intent, the words that were expressed when they offered this amendment over 200 years ago, and if you read the amendment itself, it says that our salaries cannot be varied, which means they, not only can they not go up, they cannot go down. And the reason they did that is they did not want one, one group of people to come to power in the House of Representatives and use the compensation as a cudgel to force behavior or speech or votes. It's a really important principle. This is what's happening to people at work. They're getting, their jobs are being threatened. Their livelihoods are being threatened. And in some cases, employers are reducing people's salaries to get them to comply with the vaccine mandates. This is exactly what Nancy Pelosi is doing. The problem is, even though the Constitution says that each house can make its own rules and that each house can punish its members, the one punishment she is excluded constitutionally from doing is the one punishment she chose, which is to bury our salaries. So do you think, um, Congressman, this was intentional on, on her part to extract it like that? Is she just that ignorant of the Constitution? Like a lot of people think that the Democrats are just, you know, these boorish idiots that, that run in the hallways. I mean, I, I think that she's being very specific, and it seems like uh, to me, she is wanting purposefully to flout the Constitution. Uh, you know what I've learned ever since I was a county judge executive and before I came to Congress? Government is not necessarily what's written down. Government is what the people who are in charge can get away with. Mm. Um, and if they get away with it long enough, it, it becomes sort of the understood law. And it's, it's wrong, but that's the way it is. And so I think she believed that nobody would challenge her on this point, hmm. that she had gotten away with so many things that she could get away with this, which is to vary our salaries in an unconstitutional manner. The, let, me, let me explain. She deducts the money directly from our paycheck. By the way, I, I don't see my paycheck. My wife sees it. But- it, to get my point across, my wife's in Kentucky, the paycheck shows up, it's $500 less. Now, Nancy Pelosi will say, oh, I've just extracted the fine from your paycheck. I didn't vary your salary. It's semantics. She has varied the salary. My wife can tell you the salary went down $500. And the reason she did it, Jenna, there's no statutory authority for collecting the fee you know, like uh, your property taxes. If you don't pay your property taxes, the sheriff can put a lien on your property and then it can be sold at, uh, at auction to pay for the taxes. At least that's sort of the way it works in Kentucky. There's no statutory uh, method. There are no people enlisted um, in government to go collect these fines from congressmen when the speaker issues them. So she took a shortcut, which is unconstitutional, and she directed the sergeant at arms to implement the, the fine system, and she directed the chief administrative officer to vary our salaries.
So this hearing today is, is going to be really important. And at what stage um, is this lawsuit? Are you expecting or are you asking for um, a, a decision today? At what point uh, is this and, and when can people expect that there might be an, a court order on this? It's probably going to take a while. Look, we I think we filed this in July and here we are <laughs> in our first court date on December 2nd. Um, the wheels of justice sometimes don't turn that fast, but uh, today the oral arguments are uh, about Pelosi's motion to dismiss. She wants to dismiss the case. And the, the um, remarkable thing about this case as compared to other cases that have been brought within the branch of Congress, within the legislative branch, is that it's not been dismissed. The judge has said, let me hear your arguments. Hmm. And I think that's really important. And that's a good sign for us, Jenna. The Definitely. Judge, the judge wants to hear the arguments. He's, he's, he's got a lot of stuff on his plate. This is the same judge who is looking at the, um, the people on January 6th. He's in charge of trials for the January 6th folks. He said, this issue is important enough. I'm going to take time to hear your oral arguments. Now, whether we win or lose, it will likely go to an appellate court. And whether we win or lose there, it will probably be appealed to the Supreme Court. And uh, if it gets that far, I surely hope the Supreme Court will hear it because this is, a, I believe, foundational to our country. It's a constitutional issue. Uh, and I believe we'll prevail at the Supreme Court. There's a chance we could prevail in D.C. court. Uh, this judge was appointed by Bush. So it's, you know. It's so hopefully up. we'll interpret the Constitution without uh, political posturing. And that's that's the hope, because what I think um, resonates with this lawsuit with so many people is that it is a manifestly obvious thing that the people in DC, these petty tyrants and these big tyrants, and you're dealing with one of the biggest tyrants uh, currently, is that they do think they can get away with everything and they don't care about the constitution. And it takes people like you um, and your co-plaintiffs who will stand up and actually say, no, we will not comply. And as in the last few minutes we have here, Congressman, uh, from a more broad perspective, you have also been a champion of, uh, of individuals standing up and saying, no, we want the truth to come forward. We don't want the petty tyrants to impose these vaccine mandates that are unconstitutional, mask mandates, um, any of these lockdowns, uh, anything like that. So for the people listening saying, okay, well, you're a Congressman, you have the resources maybe to file a lawsuit. Uh, they may or may not have, you know, similar uh, standing under the law, other things um, and a legal basis in, in their particular issue. But in terms of, so just broadly speaking, um, what is your encouragement to people who feel frustrated by the big tyrants and the petty tyrants, even just looking at getting the truth about uh, the science from from like what the Babylon Bee likes to call the Pope of Science. Sure. Now, uh, Dr. Fauci, who clearly has vacillated, and none of this is for health and safety. It's just obviously for compliance and control. Look, my message to the people 
who are suffering under these mandates is don't lose hope. Do not lose hope. I'm in the minority here. Pelosi, it's mob rule, and she controls her mob right now. And I haven't lost hope. I found a way to fight back. We are using private money to fight Nancy Pelosi. She has got a team of lawyers funded with taxpayer money. Her briefings and filings are much larger than ours, but ours have the truth. And so I think we can prevail there, and it will set an example. But for the, for the people at home, think about this. When Joe Biden's mandates came out, the, particularly the OSHA mandate, which affects 100 million uh, people, the CMS mandate, which affects the healthcare workers, and the federal contractor mandate, which affects anybody that works for a company that's done so much to serve a sandwich to somebody that works for the federal government. That's what Joe Biden's claims. All of those have been struck down in courts in the last month or two. And two of those have national, I mean, not struck down, let me say, let me be more legally specific. There are two national injunctions against two of the mandates, and then there's a regional injunction. So they're temporarily suspended. But if you read the rulings of those judges, they're pretty serious rulings. Uh, and I think what's proving out here is that Joe Biden was just trying to bluff all along. Now, in the military mandate, he is the commander in chief, and there's a lot of precedent there. And so that one may not be unconstitutional, although I believe they're acting illegally by not, uh, not considering religious and medical exemptions, and they're acting illogically by not considering prior immunity, which they have done for other vaccines. But I have a bill, um, it's probably not gonna pass while Nancy Pelosi's in power, that would get rid of the military vaccine mandate. But mm -hmm. my message is, don't lose hope. I'm fighting here. This isn't about a $500 reduction in my paycheck. This is, a, you know, I understand people are not sympathetic to the argument that Congress don't need their salaries reduced. Trust me, I understand that. But it's not about our salaries. We, we're spending way more money on the lawsuit to prove the point and stop this tyrant who is the prototype for all the petty tyrants across the country. And uh, just keep heart. We're fighting. We're going to be giving oral arguments today in a court case in D.C. The fact that the judge is even hearing us is good news for everybody across the country. And thank you for fighting. And it is about principle. It's about the Constitution. It's about maintaining freedom and liberty and pushing back against the petty tyrants. And whether it's $500 or it's your entire job or it's compelled vaccines um, and not and losing choice and freedom. All of this is incredibly important. And I know that you have a couple of other interviews to get to Congressman yeah. Massey. So um, I would love to talk with you more. I'll have to have you on again, um, but thank you so much for standing up for truth and for the constitution. You are one who actually reads the constitution <laughs> in Congress. And um, I really appreciate that. I know so many people do. Uh, where can people find you um, on social media and follow you? you oh well look for the hashtag sassy with massey s-a-s-s-y-m-a-s-s-i-e and rep thomas massey on twitter rep thomas massey uh on facebook as long as i'm not banned and i'm miraculously <laughs> not banned yet uh, and then also shout out to my colleagues and co-plaintiffs marjorie taylor green and ralph norman who are in this fight with me today in federal court and they are fantastic well thanks so much congressman for your time thanks jenna bye-bye
And before I go, I have to talk to you about my good friend, Mike Lindell. You all have helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Mike has an amazing offer for my listeners on his standard MyPillows. You will receive a standard MyPillow, regularly $69.98, now only $19.98. You will also receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products, such as MyPillow towels, mattress topper, my slippers, my favorite, and so much more. Go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code Jenna, that's J-E-N-N-A, to receive Mike's standard MyPillow for just $19.98 or call one 800 564 8475 and use promo code Jenna. That's J-E-N-N-A. MyPillow is made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty, so you know it's going to last. And it's Mike Lindell, so you know it's great quality. I'll see you tomorrow here on the Jenna Ellis Show.